Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser. And today, I am a high-flying space boy. I'm so excited. <laughs> on Monday, we are going to be running the first ever uh, game of my uh, my Space Thieves tabletop role-playing game. Don and Trevor are both in it. Dan's sitting there like, I'm so glad I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I have only heard wonderful things about it. Well, I'm excited. I, I'm, I cannot wait. And so that's me today. <laughs> My name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a Korean barbecue craving son of a bitch. Because uh, <laughs> oh. it's just been on my brain. Uh, I'm going to a barbecue tonight and I have to find some Korean barbecue to bring. So it's going to happen. Life is good. Oh, you're bringing. You're I'm, I'm going to bring raw, raw Korean barbecue to grill. That sounds sexy. Ah. <laughs> well, well, well. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and official chubby chaser. Uh, and um, I don't know. I'm just having a really nice sort of allergy-free day today. I, I'm, I'm working with that because I've been fighting a lot of allergies um, uh. off and on. L.A. is not good for my res respiratory system. Ugh, that's terrible. We went on that cruise. Oh, my God. It was like a different world for me. Because Out there in the fresh air where yeah. there are no plants. And there's no <laughs> plants. And I could breathe. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, I'm Trevor. I'm a super chub. And today I am a, I'm also kind of a space boy. I am excited for Yay. space thieves. I am excited to be a, a killer robot. <laughs> be a good time. May or may not be a psychotic killer robot. We'll see. Yes. Uh, Who knows? How close do you want to play to type? <laughs> I am. I have to work on an Australian accent, which. Oh dear. Oh my God. I've it's done a be, little bit when oh, I've been might, like, might, might. It's going to be so good. <laughs> alone in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll bring you shrimp and kiwis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want kiwis. <laughs> I love kiwis. I haven't had kiwis in so long. Well, anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, man, we're back in the same room once again, and it feels just as surreal this time to me as it did last week. Yes, it does. But it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, we are so excited. We have a good show. We have kind of a, it's it's going to be heavy, but it'll be good. And the bit promises to knock all your socks off. I've heard that from Don. He's looking at me like, wait, don't do that. Don't set Why it up. Why are you overpromising, you <laughs> son of a bitch? Wait, you mean I brought extra socks for nothing? I <laughs> <laughs> um, but first up, so... When Trevor sent this, so Trevor usually puts together our outlines and then we all talk about them and mm -hmm. put it together. And it, when he first sent this, I read the headline. I was like, wait, wait, what? And then I saw Japan and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Japan, the Florida of the world. Um, oh dear. In, in so many ways. In Sora News 24, we have, I just want to start with new company seeks to change the image of being overweight in Japanese society, dot, dot, dot. By renting out fat people. <laughs> Discuss. <Yes. Yeah. laughs> well, now I want to, I, I asked this before and I don't remember the answer or at least maybe I was confused. Is this company run by fat people or is yes, it? Yes, it is for fat people, by, by fat people. Please rent us. Um, the company is Debu Carry uh, from the words um, Debu meaning fat and Keriru meaning rent. Um, and you. <laughs> There are different classes of um, fat person you can rent. Oh, okay. There's a uh, hundred kilograms. Mm -hmm. oh, but they also have a category of over 125 kilograms and another one of over 150 kilograms. Depending on your needs. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Depending on your fat person needs. So, and we should say this is not sexual, is it? No, it, it's it, not. Very it is not an escort not, service. Not an escort service, not sexual. Um, I have the... So this is some of the cr search criteria you can use for <laughs> the, the, the fat people you're trying to find. <laughs> I want help eating a crazy large portion menu item at a restaurant. <laughs> what? I want. It's an emergency service. <laughs> you get served too much food and you have to call in your fat person. Well, no. So I think this is like when there's restaurants that where it's like you and a friend can, you know, try to eat this, you know, a uh, 30 inch pizza mm, okay. in under an hour and you can win you don't have to pay for the pizza and you can win like, I don't know, $50 or something. So bring your fat. That would be the hypothetical. Your rented fat yes. person in to help smash local restaurants and make them lose all the money. <laughs> okay. Although I think you might, what you spend renting the fat person, you might get win the, the prize. Meal so that you would have otherwise paid for. Even. Um, <laughs> but hey, you're giving fat people money. That's what's important. That's uh, <laughs> other criteria. I want help picking out a present for someone I know who's heavy set. Oh, that's valid. Yeah, that is valid. I um, okay, okay. I'm doing cosplay, and I want someone to dress as a heavyset character from the series. 
Oh, you you need someone. Like, I would to absolutely be willing yeah. to do that. Yes. Kind okay. of like um, okay. who are the two Overwatch characters? It's uh, Roadhog. Uh, yeah, Roadhog. If I ever go to an Overwatch convention, that's the only costume on <laughs> the table. Have you seen the? Uh, there's a whole lot of fan art where they're a chub chaser couple. Have you okay. seen that? Yes. I'm just going to point something out of the game real quick as a slight tangent. So. Junkrat and Roadhog are a team. They're they're a criminal team in the game, mm -hmm. right? Oh. And then one of the maps takes place in their hometown, and you start in their hangout, right? Mm -hmm. In their where they live and they plan their heists. If you are attentive and you pay attention, there is only one bed, <laughs> and it's very this large. Explains so much because there's so much like Chub Chaser and Gainer fiction with those characters, but yeah. I didn't know they were characters. I didn't know it was fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And okay. I actually, I think I've heard that before. I think Michael told me that, but yeah. So one bed, one it's, bed. it's in there. It's actually kind yeah. of canon. They probably haven't said as much. I, I've, I've mentioned that in game to people while we were in the space. Some of them are like, no, 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 there's another, there, there's another hideout that the other one lives in. I'm like, really? Yeah. Cause their that stuff is depicted. everywhere. <laughs> Both <laughs> of their stuff. <laughs> one of them's just spending the night. That's all it is. <laughs> he sleeps on the floor. Um, what yeah, are the other reasons? You can also, uh, I want someone to stand by me when I take a picture so I'll look thinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want advice from a heavy set person. And the last one. About what? I want someone to play on a seesaw with me. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's adorable. I would um, grant that wish. Well, so, but but that no, I mean that only works if you are also a quote unquote heavy set person. The seesaw yeah. works exactly. best when you weigh the same. They're not saying only thin people will rent the oh, well, fat that's people. that's true. It's buying for fat people. That's okay. True. Okay. Okay. If you always wanted to go on a seesaw and like the only way you could do it with like two other people on the other side and that makes you feel awkward. I will yeah. go on the seesaw with you. <laughs> I promise. Are, seesaws are so awkward with threesomes. It's true. They really are. Debu Carry uh, charges $19 an hour for non-business use rentals. Mm -hmm. uh, and the entire fee being paid goes to the fat person. What? Which is, yeah. Can you imagine? Really? You they think take, they no take like a buck or two out of it. To well, I think that stuff. might be for, because they specify non-business. So I think like yeah. for business uh, rentals, I think the company probably gets money. Can I it. just say business rentals? So yeah, business rentals. Oh rental. no, no. That's, yeah. Like uh, Japan is the ones who invented rent a white person. Oh, okay. Well, um, so a, a rental is a rental, but the business rentals would be like an extra for a TV show or like yeah. needing like the, like actual companies. No, no, I understand. Fat I understand. I'm just sort of trying to right. wrap my head around. But like rent a white a person use. Rent a white person oh. did specifically that for business. You could hire a couple white people that would come in suits and then sit at your table during your business meeting that didn't speak Japanese, and so your company would look international. Mm, perfect. So I went to see Cruella. <laughs> yes, we all we've all seen Krell at this point, so we can finally talk about it. Loved it. Yes. So yes. Oh my god. Where it was start? a lot better than I was expecting. Where to start? By oh. a long shot. Well, and, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was expecting crap. So that wasn't but it was so good. Yeah, pretty much. It's, like ah, it's so okay, so spoilers I, for Cruella. Yeah, if you spoilers for Cruella. We're not gonna hold back here. Um so we have like there's so Paul Walterhauser um plays in a, a supporting role in it. That's sort of how it's related to the show. But let's just talk about the movie first. Like the movie, it is so can we just start with I didn't realize how much about fashion it was gonna be. Yeah. Like and, it's very Devil Wears Prada in a lot of ways, but maybe even yeah. more so. Like it was dialed up to very 11. much Disney does Devil Wears Prada. Mm, and as a theater person, I really appreciated how much I kind of felt like I was watching a theater production because there's so much runway mm. work and so much uh, th there's a lot of stuff that happens about yeah. people in the space. Like everybody's mm -hmm. at a mansion, everybody's at a fashion show. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of theatricality that's being filmed, which mm -hmm. I was just. And the by. way that the space is used in support of the scene, which I guess is what you mean, but like each space, it feels like an iconic location, You're yeah. not just yeah. in some place. Yeah. yeah. Even like the rundown apartment that they live in. Felt yeah. Their heist yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. I, really yeah I, I think I think part of it was I felt like I wanted to be in that space with them. Mm -hmm. Although not so great things happen to them if they're in that space. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I. So my favorite costume in that movie was the the garbage truck. Oh my god, garbage! Yeah. Oh, truck, like gorgeous, dress, gorgeous. Which, like, <laughs> I I am a hundred one Dalmatians kid. Mm. I don't know about you, Michael. I I certainly saw it a few times when I was a kid, and I liked it. It was not our go-to Disney movie. So I remember it pretty mm. well, but it wasn't like the one that we obsessed over. It it was like, I completely obsessed. 
the point to where I, my mom almost got me a Dalmatian puppy. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a tragic tale. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, so she was like, is this a okay. trigger warning story? I mean, no, I, guess, no, I don't know. I don't no. think it's that. No, I, it's just part of the genre of what I call Trevor's tragic tales. So my mom, one <laughs> day, I remember like she sat me down and she's like, okay, so if you were to get, a, you know, like, would you want a Dalmatian puppy? Mm. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, okay, but like, you know that it's going to be a puppy and then it's going to grow up to be a dog, like a bigger dog. Cause I mean, the whole thing in, in 101 Dalmatians is the puppies. It's all about puppies, yeah. puppies, 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 puppies. Um, <laughs> and I being, you know, the thoughtful child I was said, well, I, there's your version is your mother's version. Yes. <laughs> <Let's hear laughs> so my version first. is if I ask for a puppy that stays a puppy, uh-huh. I will get that. If I specify this, uh-huh. so I said, I want a puppy that stays a puppy. <laughs> and his mother heard, oh, what a responsible child. He knows yes. he can't take care of an adult dog. Oh, uh. and it's not like, I didn't know. I thought this was like all hypothetical. I didn't know. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> you didn't know it would cost you a like, puppy. Pick up the phone, like, yeah, like kill the dog. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's on the phone in the back room and she just gives this sign. Like, yeah. And it's like, all right. <laughs> what was that? So Trevor did not get his Dalmatian puppy. No. Oh, oh I'm um, sorry. that's why it's a Trevor's. Trevor's but I, too. I thought they did an amazing job kind of like taking a character who is just in every form of this story. Cause I've also read the book by Dodie Smith. I mean, it is just like, she's evil. End of story. Mm-hmm. Like zero depth. I, and I should say Trevor spent months cogitating. How are they going to make Cruella yeah. a hero? I know people who was, who wanted to skip the movie for that reason, mm-hmm. for, specifically because they didn't understand how they could possibly make a character sympathetic who wanted to kill puppies. And the answer is they don't, they don't have her want to kill puppies. Yeah. She That's not who she mm-hmm. is in that movie. It kind of reminds me of wicked where, how do you solve the problem of she can't get wet? Oh, well, it's a myth. She phrasing, actually can. Yeah. Phrasing she actually can. can. <laughs> Get wet? Okay, no, never mind. Dan. He's too yeah. gay. He's, He's too gay. <laughs> See, now I'm picturing oh. the Wicked Witch of the West in an Astro Glide commercial. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I don't know. Oh. I just, oh. I, <laughs> Define gravity. <laughs> Cut in that, that iconic... <laughs> Uh, climax sound, please. <laughs> so if you care to find me, look to yeah. the Western skies. <laughs> I also think that Cruella is the first one of their sort of revive the, the, the trend of villains becoming heroes in prequels. But I thought, I think this is the first one that really landed it. I mean, Wicked did too, but as far as the movie genre goes, mm-hmm. I've, I felt for the character. I liked the character. I didn't, I wasn't always there with her with what she was doing. Yeah. But they made yeah. her flawed, like obviously oh, yeah. very much made her flawed. She it's so they I thought they what they did really, really well was they walked the line between giving you the fun, psychotic manicness of that kind of villain, but also allowing her to be a real person where you could understand why she is the way she is. And yeah. she has to go through the typical hero's journey of failing before she can su- succeed at the end. And part of that is her morality. I there was I don't know if you remember this. There was a point where I like pause the movie and it's like, oh, I'm like, it's it's Joker for girls and gay men. I think that's oh. I don't I I dis I think it's that's an interesting idea. If that like Krilla dancing down the stairs. They definitely took some inspiration, I think, but I think that's also misleading because I know people who hated Joker because it was so dark and dismal and grim who have heard that comparison mm-hmm. and and are skipping the movie because they are thinking it's going to be grim and dark. And it's really not. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It is sinister at times. Yes. Which is, yeah, but which in is a lovely. Disney way. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. And I, it I, is Disney dark. That's yeah. a good way yeah. of putting it. It's, yeah. <laughs> when I go out, can you call me <laughs> Cruella? <laughs> <laughs> it's, if, if you saw, come on, that's funny. It's someone who saw Joker's laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, to transition to uh, Paul Michael, is it Paul Michael House? Uh, Paul Walter House. Paul Walter. I can never remember all of his names at the same time. Yeah, all 10 of them. Because t- <laughs> Trevor has about five different versions of his last name. <laughs> <laughs> but the the fun part is that Jasper and what's the other Horace. name? Horace. They're like the voice of reason in the movie, which they is like are. hilarious. And they're her family. They, yeah, and they're her family. They're like, her moral uh, grounding. Yeah, and it's really great to see that those roles amplified. And- uh, Paul Walter Hauser, 
Oh, I got it. Is is just wonderful. He's in that. so good. So what I liked, and Don and I actually disagree with yeah. on this. Like we, so we haven't really discussed it. We started to, and we saved it for the show. So I, I'll start with my take on um, Paul Walter Hauser playing Horace, who, if you remember the animated movie, he's like the fat, bumbling, dumb stereotype of a sidekick villain. Well, like, you mean he's the he's he's fat. He's the fat guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in this movie, what I felt, and we'll talk about it, was that they took the inspiration of that and modernized it, mm-hmm. made him a, a real character. Um, I felt he was smart. I felt that he was a problem solver, that he actually came up with his own ideas. He was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like he was really funny, the, both the performance from Paul, but also the writing for the character. Um, I really liked him except for the way that they handled Food and eating. To be fair, they put that off as long as possible. I mean, they have to have the fat guy eating. And they managed to put it in just the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so the, the director of Cruella is also the director of Itania. Yes. And which we've talked about. We've talked about. So I felt the director treated much better. Him much better. I mean, it's still like I'm still offended, but it's like it's better. He's you know, and Itania, he was a yeah. pretty bad stereotype. And so I, yeah, I disagree with you on this one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he was portrayed as being especially smart. Even dumb people can come up with solutions from time to time. Uh, the, his mannerism still sort of oozed dumb to me. I, and I, I wasn't, I, I, mm. I think it was a better take on the original character. I think it says, but I think they were tethered to the original character in a way they couldn't shake all of that stuff. Yeah. I I mean, he's still gotta be the, he's still gotta be the comedic relief Cockney accent speaking and side character. Like that's, that's I'm not offering up a different way that it could have been done. I think they were locked into it and I think it's the best possible version. So why did you think he wasn't smart? I'm just curious. Cause I felt like that was the thing that hit me first and foremost was like, Oh, he's coming up with these elaborate schemes that are working and they're like successful thieves. And he's got all these capers and he improvises in the moment and, and is able to make it work. What didn't work about that for you? Uh, I, I, I didn't pay that much attention while I was watching the movie. I was watching it as a whole, not focusing it on him. So mm. I'm, I'm afraid I don't remember specifics. What kind of chaser but are you? My oh, imp- wait, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. I wasn't focused on that character. You know, yeah, Michael and I, were I wasn't feeling I, like yeah. I wouldn't want to play that character. I can tell you that much. Well, I, like, I think okay, maybe, I mean, you know, like, perhaps what you're reacting fine. to, he's not a terribly articulate character. But mm-hmm. I think Michael is right that he comes up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I never saw it in terms of smart and dumb. Like it never occurred to me, like, is he smart? Is he dumb? What I kept looking at was he is really practical. Well, like he ignores mm-hmm. anything that is not, that is not. Yeah. The thing I remember is they emphasized his sweetness by giving him the dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so by making him sweeter, you make him more likable. You know, uh, you can make it more, people can connect to someone who likes pets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't give a crap about that. He was hot. well so i liked how they handled the physicality of the character because you know a lot of times you have the fat character who's also bumbling and clumsy and funny because can't fit through the door can't fit through the opening right tripping over themselves and there's many scenes where that doesn't come up but also in particular there is a scene where they he and horace who's like tall and thin uh rappel down from the ceiling Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to do something in a in the middle of a caper and it's the typical like wide shot, the ropes fall in and then both characters like slide down the ropes and you are just waiting for him to fall mm-hmm. and hit his head. Yeah, yeah. some sort of pratfall with the fact. Or I was, I was expecting him to get stuck halfway down. That or get stuck fact. halfway and yeah. nothing, no. They just, they both land and they yeah. both pull off the caper and that's that. And he's funny in many other ways, yeah. particularly in his delivery of lines, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't dislike the character enough to rage against him. I just, I wouldn't hold him up as an example for... Like no, but it's like my with Tra- fat son or something. No, it's like what Trevor says. It's like, it's something. It's better. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. And I liked the character and I was, I mean, from the promotional stuff, I had a sense. I'm like, this is going to be better, but I really don't know how, mm-hmm. how much better. And like, I don't know. I liked how they handled the character. And I was, and I was very is- nervous knowing the director mm-hmm. of they- and how he treated uh, fat characters before. Yeah. And they had Every opportunity they had the, it would have been so easy not to have done anything to that character, except mm-hmm. maybe he likes puppies and that makes him likable, but everything else is identical to the animated movie. Sorry, they could have I, easily I, done that. I had something and then I lost it and then I got it back. So <laughs> I was watching how they were going to treat Horace and food because of the director with Itania and everything, as we've talked about in the past. And Dan and I have kind of talked about this recently because we've been watching the nanny. Oh yeah. Um, and the character of Sylvia, and 
all the fat jokes around her and the food jokes. And I, sh- we were saying like, you know, we should like, we should find all the jokes around Sylvia offensive, but there's something about the way, you know, um, Renee Taylor performs the character in yeah. all these jokes. And I think it's because, and there's a, a lot of stuff with horse and food and a few things where I'm like, eh, but I wasn't really offended. I think it's because some of the jokes about food with Horace would still work with a thin character. Yeah. I was like just when he's like that. stealing scones, it's because, you know, they live in an empty warehouse and they're thieves and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. Um, with that. And I think that's something that I don't know. I'm more aware of just because we've been watching. The yeah. It's almost so like the test for a fat joke is if you replaced it with a thin actor, would mm-hmm. it still be funny? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like in the case of the nanny, yes, that yes. it still works. Cause it's really about nice. food and overconsumption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the case of uh, Horace, the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's practical. He needs the scones. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes total sense. It's interesting. I've been watching a lot of uh, Asian TV lately and I've noticed they have the same thing. They have a fat, uh, not a fat, they have a food fixated character mm-hmm. most of the time, but they're never fat in the shows that yeah, I've watched. Exactly. And the jokes still work. Mm-hmm. It's usually like a young, pretty woman who just eats everything in sight always, mm-hmm. you know? And part of the joke is like, she doesn't gain weight. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, you know. I, I feel like we can't move off this discussion without at least mentioning Emma Thompson's freaking exactly amazing yes. performance oh, and Emma Stone, but Emma Thompson also Emma, Emma Stone Thompson. was great. Absolutely. I didn't even realize but, it was Emma Thompson. Yeah. Someone was talking about Emma Thompson. I don't know if it was you or someone else, but Emma Thompson in the movie. And I was so confused. I was like, Oh, like Emma Thompson. And I was thinking, and then I realized I'm like, Oh yeah. Yes. That's if this were her. a different podcast, if this were like a theater podcast, we could have a, <laughs> 30 minute discussion of just the craft and technique of what Emma Thompson is doing Mm -hmm. in that movie. Oh my God. The subtlety that she delivers so much stuff that she could have gone huge with if she wanted to. It's genius. And it would have been a whiff to me. This puts her right up there with Meryl Streep's performance in Devil Wears Prada. It ties together the comparison. I agree with you completely. And they're so different. That's what I, it was very, it was not a copy. It, they're they're completely distinct from each other. They're very different characters mm-hmm. also, even though functionally they serve the same role in their sort of environment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I mean, I also want to throw a shout out to Emma Stone because mm-hmm. I, so Trevor mentioned that he's a huge fan of the animated movie. I had seen the animated movie a few times as a kid. I haven't seen it for at least 20 years. Don't really remember more than just the basic plot points. And when Emma Stone is introduced in the movie, they have the young version of her, you know, played by different actress. And then she grows up, she sort of stands up and it doesn't look anything like Cruella. It's just Emma Stone in like a wig, you know, so she can cover her black and white hair. And then when she turns and walks away, like, and you see sort of her back and her shoulders and her posture as she leaves the frame, I was like, holy shit, that's Cruella. It Mm. just immediately, and there's no moment written in that scene that would require anything for you to like identify, oh, that's Cruella. It was just her character. But it's the way that she inhabits the character, the way that she walks, the way that she holds her shoulders, the scene of her driving in the car when she's like Mm -hmm. in the getaway car. Mm -hmm. It is like uncanny. I mean, the filming also really helps with that too, but just her posture, her face, her look, the boniness of those shoulders, like it just all fed into this iconic image. I think the only thing they didn't have was her height because in in the animated movie, Krill is like enormous. She's Mm -hmm. like- seven feet tall. Yeah. She towers <laughs> like a beanpole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really loved Emma, Adam Stone's performance as well. I agree. Well, now that we've <laughs> spent 25 minutes. on Cruella. So, you know, we, we talked about, um, food jokes, which, uh, will send us straight into fat watch. So uh, cue oh. that, cue that beautiful bean. <laughs> beautiful fat bean, bean music. Bean is it fat watch? It's fat watch it 2021. Yeah. Um, it's actually, feel, I don't know, it feels a little more like Fat Watch now that we're going into like tropical storm season. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Trevor? Um, <laughs> it's Fat Watch. Oh, like Hurricane Watch. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I always imagine like Fat Watch is like, I picture the the very dramatic logo that comes onto screen because we have Fat Watch news. Uh huh. Interrupting oh, yeah. your program. Like local news. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like breaking news. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I saw this post from Aubrey Gordon, AKA your fat friend, Mm -hmm. um, talking about, um, she shared a thread about diabetes jokes. And this is, um, from the beta cell podcast, which is a diabetes podcast. And she thought it was really important. So she said, read this whole thread. Diabetes jokes made by people who aren't diabetic are overwhelmingly, sorry. Yeah. It's truncated weirdly. She's listing things. So they Uh, overwhelmingly a perpetuate harsh judgments about diabetic 
diabetic people fundamentally misunderstand an incredibly complex illness and are a sneaky way to make fat jokes. Mm-hmm. Also aren't original or funny, which I don't know that I've heard a ton of diabetes jokes, but I'm, I, Except oh. that they exist. Well, and they're usually I not meant as they jokes. Exist. They're meant as digs. They're yeah. meant as... Yeah. And, and insults. Yeah, they're absolutely meant as insults because it hides behind a lot of stuff. It hides behind, number one, healthism. And number two, there is, there is a lot of myths about diabetes, even among fat people. Mm-hmm. And the most prominent myth is that you can give yourself diabetes, that diabetes right. is something that you do to yourself, not a disease that happens to you like, let's say, cancer. And therefore fits in perfectly with the narrative that you are to blame for making yourself fat and you need to stop doing that. And all fat people are diabetic or will be diabetic. Or that's will a, be that's another myth that's inherent in the diabetes trope, mm-hmm. that all fat people are diabetic or will be diabetic, so it doesn't matter. You hear that, doctor? <laughs> you do not need to test me for diabetes every time exactly. I come in. Exactly. I think it's also, um, I've noticed more and more, I don't know, in the fatosphere, uh, including Aubrey Gordon, talking about fat people pushing fat phobia by doing the whole thing. Well, like, my blood works great. Right. Well, because, because it's, it's, the defense for, it's the defense for what they're being hit with. Yes, but it's, well, but that, that it's creating this um, narrative that, you know, I'm worthy of respect because my blood works good. Whereas, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's not intended that way, but it kind of just creates this cycle of, it keeps promoting he- that healthism. healthism. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that instead, instead of saying something like, why is that relevant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because if they had some other deal disease, if they had like, I don't know, if they had toe fungus or cancer, they wouldn't have to say, well, my cancer's in remission. It's okay. Stop making fun of me. Not stop making fun of my cancer. Right. Like no one would mm-hmm. ever have to do that. You would. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thread is incredibly informative too, by yeah. the way. It's 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 fairly lengthy and you can you can sort of update your pre-existing ideas of what diabetes is and is caused by. I didn't know. I would say a third of the stuff that she mentioned about the disease itself. And so I think that in itself in and of itself was just informative and helpful. I got to say I was just shocked to find out that there were people out there making diabetes jokes. Oh, like yeah. I've oh, yeah. literally never heard one, but I mean, I guess I don't really run in crowds that tend to use derogatory jokes about anyone. Well, it's weird because it's not, I mean, there are jokes, but it's also like the, it's like a snide remark. It's like when there's a like ridiculous food thing, like um, anything from TGI Fridays. No, no offense to TGI Fridays, but like (laughs) the um, evil Knievel level of like, it's a donut burger and you can also get a two pound bucket of fries with it. <laughs> they actually have a whole like carnival themed menu. That's oh my off God. the rails. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but that, and people are like, Oh my God, like I, I'm, I'm just getting diabetes from looking at that. Right. Menu. I have heard that. Exactly. I have heard that. Or my, I had an ex who used to talk about Kool-Aid as diabetes juice. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to say that's not on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of this is well, completely not, new to me. I don't know. It's just very little things. And I've it's, definitely heard that that microaggression of like, oh God, I'm getting diabetes just looking at that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or like, oh, it's a cup of diabetes if it's like. Yep. A mm-hmm. And that's kind of what is being, being referred to here. Yeah. And I, I got to say, this isn't just some political thing that we invented, like, you know, stop railing on diabetics and fat people. But you know, you know who says you can't give yourself diabetes? The American Diabetes Association. So <laughs> it's really orthodox medicine that no, you can't give yourself diabetes. There's and you can see this if you've ever looked at, you know, these 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 people who are like thin as rails and survive on a diet of like candy and Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that hauls us unwillingly into our main subject. Oh, you make it sound so dire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we got you all amped up with Krell and then we pull the lever and take you into Bummer Town. <laughs> <laughs> Not that lever. <laughs> um, so I think oh, Dan should set this up because yeah. he, he discovered it and was, yeah. I don't know. I was Today's is brought to you by Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I was irate. So usually I am a huge fan of NPR. And yesterday I ran across this story on Morning Edition where they talked about, um, it was Christina Noguchi as the reporter and she's doing a story which, and, and I don't think I'm misstating this, it's basically talking about how not enough fat kids are getting bariatric surgery. That's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really that, you know, there's there's this wonderful solution to, to adolescent obesity called bariatric surgery. And 
just the 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 terrible stigma and roadblocks that people throw up from more teenagers getting their stomachs amputated. And so many kids qualify and not enough of them are getting it. Yeah, and by the way, qualify means they're fat. Right. It's, it's, that's that's the qualification. Because the qualification is of course based on, well, and this is my other quibble with the story, is based on basal metabolic index. There is no such thing as basal metabolic index. They are confusing BMI, body mass index, with BMR, basal met metabolic rate. But the story doesn't care about that because they're fat. What? Who cares? They're fat. They should get their stomach amputated. Yeah, that's that's just a flaw. Of, yeah, sorry. And, and, I, and believe me, Don, I wrote a strongly worded letter on all of this. <laughs> I actually did. Yeah, uh, no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I could, Trevor couldn't talk to me for like two hours. I was composing this strongly worded letter. And um, so the, and my problem with it, it not because, you know, I know that the, the comeback is going to be, well, this is a science article and you're dealing with the politics of it. And number one, that's the same thing. And number two, there's a huge problem. Like scientists are people and they are just as subject to fat phobia as other people. And I mentioned this because they talk about like the, uh, guess what? <laughs> guess what? The, uh, the, the outcomes are seen as positive because they only measure the outcomes by what's their blood sugar now. They don't look at all the other facets of their life or the fact that they oh. have to run to the bathroom now or the fact that some people are perfectly fine having their stomachs amputated if they can fit in with society better. Well, and one of the the people there, there's the there's two women they talk about one who I thought it was there's I, just the one there's just the one shiny example of this woman who had the surgery and now her life is perfect. I thought there was the younger woman and then an older woman. Is it the same woman? It's the same woman. Okay. Well, but the, the point is talking about how she no longer feels hunger and needs to set reminders to eat because she no longer just it's that's just gone. That sounds natural. <laughs> um. My biggest, I don't know, thing reading the article was, you know, we're seeing a lot of conservative states, um, red states, whatever, pushing anti-trans legislature and right. saying kids are too young for, you know, they're too young. This, it's, this is terrible. We can't let children be exposed to this. We can't let them have gender reaffirming surgery. We can't let them intermingle because it's just, this is so terrible. And what about the children? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what do they know? They're children. Right. You know, there are doctors that are saying like children should not be having weight loss surgery. The risks far outweigh the benefits. Like this is not something that we should be doing. Which is not presented in the article at all. The yeah. article completely stays out of any sort of controversy. It presents, it. they interview only bariatric surgeons and quote statistics that don't take other things into consideration. Yeah. And mm -hmm. also- the, So the it thing sounds kinda, valid. Well, it sounds valid. They have this nonsense BM, they call it, again, BMI, but they get BMI wrong. And I point out in, in my strongly worded letter that BMI is already discredited as a health statistic. Right. You know, by itself. And so it's the, the article, I, I really pushed the point that this is just propaganda. If you were going it to write like an, that. if you were going to write an ad for bariatric surgery focused at teens, this mm -hmm. is, this is what you, what it would this would like. be the infomercial. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very few teens that I, I, I can't think of a single teen story. And I, I haven't watched a lot of the, what are the, what are the ones? 600 pound life things. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard about many teens that have severe health problems because of their weight. At, I, I at, mean, this. It is a thing. Okay. But I think also just like we, you know, in general, science does not look at, okay, someone is fat. They have all these issues. It's clearly because of the fat. They don't look at, you know, there's other things going on with the body. Like in terms of, I feel, I don't know. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Dan can speak I mean, here's, of his here's the thing. If it was really just about the fat, then liposuction should cure diabetes. Right. If it was really just about the fat, then it would, there'd, there'd be all these other things that happen too, but they actually, and the article does go into the fact that this is, this is not about you, you amputate the stomach and therefore make it smaller and therefore you don't get hungry. Cause that's, it's actually not a mechanical solution. What happens is, is that when you take out part of the stomach, you take out a lot of receptors and change the complete hormonal balance of the body. And that is what causes the dramatic weight loss. And there are many other side effects. I know people who've had weight loss surgery who completely change their tastes in food, go from loving coffee to hating coffee. Uh, people who suddenly have a five-fold increase in testosterone and lose their hair. Whoa. Um, just because all the hormonal balance is thrown off That's in the body. Common. But, you know, they're thin, so really does that matter? 
<laughs> I mean, that's the approach here. The thing that killed me about it, I mean, in the article full of stuff like that, it was the, the it was the casual dismissal of the $20,000 price tag of that kind of surgery, which they weighed against the guaranteed future health uh, mm. risk. Uh, basically, all of the all of the future consequences of your fatness will cause further health costs that will w far outweigh the twenty thousand mm -hmm. dollars that you have to pay now as a child well, or your and, parents. And then using that as as why insurance companies should pay for bariatric surgery for children, because <laughs> think of the savings. Right, <laughs> it's an investment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, that's going to lead us into a complete tangent. I don't want to go down as far as funding goes because uh, right now let's if you want to talk if you want to talk the actual money of it mm. kids are going to be are still on their parents insurance right there that means they have good insurance until they're age 26 once they're on their own mostly people are going to have shitty ass insurance that is mm. no, in no way ever going to cover anything you know and i want to make it really i want to jump in here because i feel like some of the stuff we've just said i feel like we're shitting on people who've had bariatric surgery mm. and like that is not an easy decision for anyone. To no, make. it is no, no, not. No. And, and that is, I am, I, I will be the sole voice saying this, I guess that is a legitimate choice for some people to make. Yes. If that is your choice, that is something you have to decide on your own. Um, but it's something you need to spend a lot of time thinking about, uh, because there's a lot of bullshit reasons being forced on people to get it as well. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a really good point Don. And I, and I don't mean to denigrate any of that. It is a huge, huge decision. And it, it is something that if you are 600 pounds or trapped in your body, bariatric surgery is a way to not be that. And there's, and, and diet and exercise ain't going to cut it. That's, mm -hmm. that's true. Or it will, but for a while, and then most people regain the weight. There's a, there's a huge un, you know, unsuccessful rate. Uh, on the other hand, what this article does is one of the benefits of bariatric surgery for this woman is that, you know, she felt so much more comfortable dating. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's an allusion to this and this, and again, there's so many opportunities in this article that were missed in terms of fat phobia and, and how this is rammed down people's throats. But there's a thing in the article where the, this woman who's held up as the, as, as the poster child for uh, adolescent bariatric surgery, she says that, you know, when she lost the weight, all of a sudden she, you know, all these men suddenly became available to her and her friends had to caution her because she would now fall in love with any man who gave her attention and she had to learn to pull that back. And it's like, that is a huge subject of itself. If that's the argument, right? If that's yeah. the argument being put forward, I'm curious if she would also support plastic surgery for teens like breast implants, calf implants. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're always going to hide, they're always going to hide you know? behind the barricade of health. Like, Oh no, it's just for health. It's really for health reasons. But that's not what she's saying. No, but that's the real reason. I mean, I, no, I, I I'm agreeing with you, but yeah. I'm just saying it, that it's it, not the argument that's being put forward. Exactly. According to the argument being put forward, breast implants for young kids or penis enlargement or, Eye color changing should all be acceptable uh, things to force on your kids because mm -hmm. it's good for them. The, yeah, the primary yeah. focus of of what we're reacting to to re regarding Don's point from earlier is is really specifically in this case that yeah. it is targeted towards children and the parents of those children mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, yeah. you know what would really improve your life is if you weren't fat anymore." And let's well, let's cut out that targeting. Stomach. People that are currently under the control of other people, mm -hmm. right? Well, well, and convincing those parents that this would be a good thing for you to give your child and force on your child if they're being fat makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's my issue. With I, I should say here that that's yeah. not what's going on in this particular case, which is kind of what makes it even more interesting. In the case of the interviewee. In the case of the yeah. interviewee. Uh, so, you know, it, they talk about how the doctor was always getting on the mother's back for letting her daughter get so fat. And so the, the kid's always on diets and the doctor's always pulling, you know, is always, you know, wringing their hands about how fat she's getting. And the parents from the get-go are 100% against the bariatric surgery. The child waits, the child wants it, wants it desperately. And the parents say, no, we're not doing that to you. And the child waits until she's 18 and tells her mother the night before the surgery, guess what I'm doing? And then mm -hmm. has it. So if this is one of the few cases, or I don't know, that's a case mm -hmm. where the parents are not pushing it. It's really that it's been sold to the child right. as this panacea. Yeah. And then, and 
and her story is treated as the yeah. success story. Yes. And like yes. the parents were essentially and the is, barrier in the way of and, her success. And as an example, because the point of the article, as I said at the beginning, is the point of the article is, you know, fat kids aren't getting enough bariatric surgery. And you see these 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 parents are one of the one of the obstacles. One of the problems. <laughs> Related. <laughs> Nowhere. Uh no. So I uh as so we had settled on this for our main topic, and then yesterday I got a text from a listener of the show. Um who was hanging out with his girlfriend uh, who has a niece, a niece and nephew, I think. Um, and their parents had asked him and his girlfriend to ask to read them a book, uh, a bedtime book. And they're young. And the book that they were given by the parents. I hate to give this oxygen because I don't want to. Mm. I, I want this book to fail and burn in flames. Well, no, well, should we just. Should we just not talk about it? or do you I think we should talk about it, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think you need to mention the title. Maybe. Okay. Well, the title of the book is something uh, kind of gross and derogatory and is refer used to refer to the fat kid, the fat character in the book. And it's essentially a really, really blunt f fable about how being fat will make you depressed, mean, and friendless. Yes, but you can go on a juice cleanse. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it, the book doesn't go out into juice cleanses, but the, the author is a, a juice cleanse person. They're also an anti-vaxxer. I, I did research after we... <laughs> Michael yeah. said, oh yeah, this. she has a whole line of juice products and juice books. And Which juice, is just juice, basically juice. enormous amounts of sugar she's pushing then. Yes, but remember, it's, it's good sugar. <laughs> Not bad sugar what from junk food. It's the kind people. of sugar that'll there make you shake your hands, <laughs> Good sugar, uh. yes, good sugar makes you crap. <laughs> I haven't read the book, but from what I can discern, it's, it's all about getting kids to stop eating what's referred to as junk food. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the hero of the story is like juice guy and yeah. it's a little ridiculous. But my point is that the oppression comes in the illustration because you mm -hmm. could have drawn if juice, if, if um, junk food kid had been drawn as thin, this would be a whole different book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I, and well, like it's, if you're trying to get or, kids to or stop, if he stayed fat, Yes. Or if he stayed yeah. fat. And which neither of those things happen. Yeah. Because he gets converted, eats healthy, in quotes, and then loses all of his weight and how great a thing that is because he now has friends. Yeah, yeah. Because and I feel, again, like this is something to pressure parents to feel bad about their child. You mm -hmm. know, it's because it's, you know, they're the ones who provide the food generally. I, I, so it's like blaming the parents. If you have a fat child, I think it does both. I wonder because I think it's actually the way it's sold. Cause I went to the website, the way it's sold is, you know, given that we know your child is a failure, how are we going to fix this? Yeah. Well, this book will help you. It's not to convince parents that their child is terrible because they're fat. They, the parents already know that it's, it's, that's where you start. No, it's to convince the parents that they're terrible parents because the child Well, no, fat. it's to give a solution to the yeah. problem of having a fat child. That was stuff that like, that's something I had to live with when I was a kid. I was a fat kid with two parents that hit my mother was the second runner up for Miss Pan America mm -hmm. when she was young. My dad was a professional actor and model when he was young. Oh yeah. And I think having a fat kid was something they were always uncomfortable with. I think the word and you're looking for is ashamed someone of. else pointed the finger about that. That's when they got very reactive and that's when stuff mm -hmm. started rolling downhill at me, mm -hmm. you know? So like, this is the exact stuff that I grew up with that caused hell. So you me. don't think they naturally thought that a fat kid was a problem. They had to have it pointed out. I don't think they would have thought it was a critical problem. And I don't think it was something that they ever would have thought of uh, reflecting on them as directly as people made it. Okay. Mm. You know, so it made my body their problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's the best way I can explain it. Yep. So, I mean, obviously if you want to look this up, I suppose you can don't, don't support this any more than you have to, even with hits to her website. Um, the, the end of the story, at least in this case, is that my friend and his girlfriend having, I don't, they may or may not have done this on their own, but they are listeners of the show. And they immediately said, uh, this is a bad book. Here's why don't read this to your kids. And he wrapped up by saying, we're trying our own method of making them think differently. Um, so yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Parents of the, the podcast. And there's our tip. Don't, don't fucking do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, I feel like a lot it. of these things that are supposed to be helping kids with their body issues causes <laughs> body issues. Yeah. Mm. You know, well, and one of the things that you need to go back to is no, there is no child that has ever died of obesity, but there are hundreds of thousands of children who have died 
of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. So maybe put your attention there. And a reminder in case, I would hope that we wouldn't need this, but the things you do and say to your kid will will last. They will absorb that and it will hit them. Mm -hmm. I mean- I don't know. I'm sure we all have a story like this, but I heard a story recently about a kid who was very, very, very poor when they were growing up. They had their friend over and the friends wanted to have a sleepover. And so uh, the guest called his mom and said, hey, can I have a sleepover with my my friend who's very poor? He didn't say that. But the mom, uh, the kid overheard the mom respond with no, 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 no. Just tell her, no, we don't want uh, roaches and lice in our house. Mm. And and that that just that one sentence created like a lifetime of obsessive compulsive disorder, cleaning obsessively and, and having all kinds of self-worth reflected in that person's living environment and being obsessed with being as clean as possible. And the level of hurt that comes back every time she's reminded of that one moment when she was seven years old. And like, it doesn't take much if you're not careful. I mean, in that case, it was an accidental something she overheard but even still, no. but I mean, literally that is the age where you're absorbing everything like a hyper sponge. Mm. Cause at that, that's the age where the world is telling you what you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. what you're supposed to see yourself as or not be. Yeah. Don't, so be, don't, do don't be fat. Don't be fat. Don't be poor. That's the message. Right. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> don't be anything that's not thin, straight and white. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm depressed, let's move on to our tip. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll lift you up. We promise. <laughs> So this tip, Don, it's all on you. God damn it. <laughs> what another tip? Um, I actually got an interesting uh, tip from a Facebook group and it was, um, hmm. it was a fat woman, a super fat woman talking about going to her sister's place and her sister always wants her to take off her shoes and she has a hard time getting her shoes on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I can't find, you know, slip on shoes that fit well. But a friend suggested shoe covers, which um, people may be more familiar with because of the pandemic, basically um, little kind of disposable or recyclable covers that go over your shoes. Mm. Um, some oh. even come in little boxes where you can step in and they'll just like go like, Fop. I love oh, those. Yeah. I oh, love those. really? That's clever. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's genius. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so she's like, you know, I have a box of them and now whenever I go over, I just pop them on and I, you know, recycle them when I'm done and mm-hmm. it's amazing and a total game changer. And that's just, I don't know, something I didn't, I wouldn't have thought of and yeah. I think could be useful for, um, I don't know, a listener or, or know, just, a listener can pass it along. Just don't have white carpets at your place. You'll be fine. Just let people wear their shoes. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. So like, I know like shoes on, shoes off is a very polarizing thing for people. Growing up, my mom wanted people to keep their shoes on in our house because we had um, slippery wood floors and she was more concerned about like oh. a kid slipping in their socks and falling mm. as opposed to like their, you know, little rubber bottom shoes mm-hmm. scuffing up floors. Well, um, and I know a lot of super chubs have that fear of walking around in socks. They're going to slip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did give the, uh, which the bomb are for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got some for Michael for Christmas and he wears great? them constantly. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they're basically socks with treads. I don't remember what episode we talked about then, but it bomb, was our, our fat, fat for things. things. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning of December, 2019. They're called bombas is the brand name. B O M B A S. Yes. Anyway, just try uh, that out shoe somewhere. covers. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're covers. if you are a um, a person who is a no shoes household with fat people in your life, maybe consider picking up a little box of those thwomping uh, shoe covers. Nice. So today we're yes. going to do our big fat gay podcast in review segment. So I've got four limericks here, referring to pieces that we have done in the past in some way. Okay, and we'll have to see if p- people will have to buzz in. And we're all going to be able to buzz in at the same time now. I'm going to be able to see you mm-hmm. when you buzz yeah. in. It's exciting. All right. Are we ready? Okay. Yes. For the first one. Though buying them might make you a debtor, they're cheaper to make, even better. But for guys that are bigger, you must research with vigor for patterns large enough for a... My mind went to bedwetter, oh, but that's uh, not it. <laughs> um, knit sweater, the knitting patterns? Yes. Oh. The sweater knitting patterns. All right. Limerick two. To refuse the vaccine makes a wing nut with a stupid, ill-fitting, bad crew cut. If you want a nice treat, enjoy something sweet. Get the Buzz. shot and enjoy a free Trevor. Krispy Kreme donut. Yes! yes. Uh, so I believe that's actually still going. If you go in with proof, you can get a donut. I, if I, I think it continues correctly. to the end of the year. Yeah. I believe that's the case. All right. Limerick three. Bring it on. 
Though some assholes might try to scoff. See their picks and haters back off. Those shots don't annoy any horny playboy. Oh my, it's... All right. Can you repeat it? Yeah. I can. Yeah. Though some assholes might try to scoff. See the picks and haters back off. Those shots don't annoy any horny playboy. Oh my, it's... It's Haley Hasselhoff. Oh. oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot her name, but I'm bad with names anyway. <laughs> that was good. So Haley Hasselhoff was a, a she was the model on the cover of Playboy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the, daughter of uh, was it David Hasselhoff? Yes, yes. and and plus size model. We should plus add. size. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Um, Eventually, so, we'll just get to be able to say model. <laughs> so some stunning stunning pictures about her that we covered. So go go check them out if you haven't seen them yet. All right, our final limerick. <gasps> Though we do sub love traveling, it's true. If you don't attend, we'll all be blue. At the end of September, oh, buzz. <laughs> the best warm up your member and join her for host at the, the Big, Big Bayou. Bayou. Yay! Huzzah. It's actually the start of September. I, I got that wrong. <laughs> it's actually the end of August. It's the start of September. Best warm up your member and join your four host at Big Bayou. Just there we be go. there on September 4th at noon. That's all that really matters. Because that's us. That's us. That's when we'll be there. We'll meet you guys. And what a treat for you. For our live broadcast. <laughs> Recorded. Can I just say, this is a total random side tangent, but... I love that whenever we all cheer in unison, I don't, in have unison. To, yeah, I don't have to go edit it together so that it actually sounds in unison. <laughs> uh, it's the small thing. So thanks for spending another hour with the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Now, that, what if they wanted a little bit more Big Fat Gay Podcast? Just in theory. Where would The music's starting. Where would they go? I'm putting on my little shoe covers and I'm leading everyone along. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Sorry. We're on- <laughs> I doubted myself. It happened. That possibly <laughs> is. He's been so good We're for so We're on Twitter long. and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts and um, Podchaser. Podchaser. Um, see all the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay. Yay. Maybe you're um, you're also wearing your shoe covers and you're... Um, you're running. You're, we're, we're going. We're running. We're just we're running. Running, running straight into airport. Big Bayou. Yeah, we got to get there. <laughs> airport. Come on. Go, go, go. It's leaving. <laughs> like, you know, we got to take off our shoes to go through airport security. <laughs> but the fours are slippery, so. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. 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 yeah.